what am I? Like, I don't have the most money in the world. I'm not the best looking in the world. I don't go, to, I haven't been in the gym in 20 years. You're good looking. I told and you when you walked in yesterday from pickleball, you took your shirt off. I was just like, oh my God. I got you. Hello, everyone. Welcome to Pan and Unicorn, the relationship podcast, episode number three. Numero trace. You Let's ready? go. We're trying to hype ourselves up right now. We're running on no sleep. We got two sick little ones. Let's go. <laughs> it was a long night last night. All of your parents out there can relate. Kids swapping beds, one bed, that bed, next bed, driving in the car, uh. maybe the hospital, maybe not. Get some food, get a bottle, change them. <laughs> Who's going to sleep where? We made it. We got a few hours of sleep. We survived. And we're here. So yes. bear with us. We're going to do the best we can today. Mm-hmm. And thank you guys so much for the support on the first two podcasts. Uh, so many comments, so much love. Um, you guys opened up, shared your stories, yes. told us about your relationships, about your dating stories. We appreciate it. Uh, we're here. A lot of people joined the Facebook group. It was yeah. awesome. So here we go. Episode three. Yeah. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about single, being yes. single, opening up, letting someone else in. Yeah. The fear. All the, the yeah. The fears after divorce, dating with kids, what oof. you worry about. How to, yeah. All of it. So yes. before we get into episode three, um, we have to send some love. Uh, someone did post that we need to make some merch with Send Some Love oh, on yes, it. yes, we do. So we will do that. Thank you for that suggestion. We'll get some hashtag Send Some Love. All right. And hopefully we did get some comments of people being like, hey, that's a great idea. I'm going to start sending some love. Yeah. If you're married and you're listening to this, send your spouse some love. Yes. Boyfriend, girlfriend, send them love. Uh, if you're single, send some love to your family, your friends. Yeah. And ready, go. Ready? Okay, let's do it. Okay, so I just have to shout out my nanny, Tanya. I sent her some love because seriously, she has been such a huge support system for me and the girls. And I basically just told her, I was like, thank you for all your help and just always being there for us. And she, the girls love her. So that's who I just really, she's someone I really, really appreciate in our lives. Especially on days like this that I can leave my girls with someone that I can trust when they're sick and I know they're being taken care of. And what about you? I just sent some love to my, I guess he's my ex-brother-in-law. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sent him some love. He's really nice. I met him. Good he's uncle. cool. Good yeah. uncle to my kids. Yeah, he seems fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's got a good personality. I Shout out Scotty the body. Yeah. <laughs> All righty. So, babe, you ready to get into the questions for episode three? Here we go. Episode three. Um, again, uh, Madison and I just want to reiterate we are not experts in any of this. We are just telling our stories yeah. and kind of our thoughts and opinions. Hopefully it helps. And we love, love, love to hear from you guys because we learn just as much from you guys as you guys have learned from us. Yeah. So we really appreciate that. Definitely. Yes. Hi, Madison. First question. <laughs> what were your fears about getting into a serious relationship? And eventually, how did I get your wall to come down? 
So my biggest fear, which I think is for any single mom, to be honest, of getting into relationship is, am I going to be able to find someone that's going to love me and their ki- and my kids as their own? And I think that's like the biggest fear is you don't know if anyone's going to treat your kids, you know, like if there was their own kids. And then another huge fear of mine was opening up again and giving, my, letting myself be vulnerable because then I know if I do that, I have a chance of getting hurt and I don't want to be hurt anymore. I've already was hurt a ton in the past and that was, that was really, really scary to open back up, have someone the potential to hurt me and then also now thinking it's not just me getting into a relationship, it's my two daughters getting into a relationship and I don't want them hurt either. So that's, those are like my biggest fears. And I would have to say like one thing that you did amazing with me was he was always very communicative with me, always telling me how much he loved me. He was always showing me. It wasn't even just telling me because I always said that actions speak louder than words. She loves the action speaks louder than words. Yes. And so you always find ways to show me that you love me and show me that you love my girls. And I think that's what finally built that door in the wall that I have up to let you in and let you in with me and my girls. And that's been made it a lot easier. It was hard though. I'm not going to lie. It was very hard. Hard for me as well. I know. You did really good though. I'm still here, guys. I I made it. (laughs) She tried to kick my ass off that wall a few times. I know. Try to push me away, but I didn't let her. No. What was your strategy to like get me and like keep me? Like, how did you do this? Like, or how did you get? So here? my strategy was, I think it was pretty simple. Is first be um, totally transparent with you, mm-hmm. radically transparent with. Look, this is my situation. Yeah. Um, work situation, ex situation, kid situation, just like my life situation, my family. Try to just be really open and blunt. I also kind of looked in the beginning was like, if this isn't going to work, I want to move on quickly. Yeah. So I was like, just get it out there. Just be totally like, this is my baggage. This is who I am. This is what I've got. Are you interested in this and who I am or not? Yeah. And you kind of like, okay, let's keep dating. And then as we went, I really heard from Madison. And um, most importantly, I heard from her was the pain if you ever hear Madison, um, the pain comes from being alone. Mm-hmm. It comes from always feeling alone. It comes from feeling like she would be alone and that no one would be there for her and her girls. And ultimately, this fantasy she has in her brain of like what family is and what family is supposed to be like and that um, the family traditions, the family holidays, the family dinners, the family weekends, just that's what Madison really wanted. And so for me... You know, I wanted someone who felt like a teammate and a partner in it. Okay. That's what I wanted. Yeah. And mm. to experience everything with me with the girls and all the milestones and all the memories and the holidays and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so Madison's going to cry on this podcast. And ultimately, the uh, that's what I heard. And so and, and Madison is great in that... Um, Yes, she would love nice dinners and she would love me to buy her jewelry and love to go on trips. But ultimately, that is not what she was asking for. And um, that really wasn't who I am anyway. And so for me, I was like, look, like I, 
what am I? Like, I don't have the most money in the world. I don't, uh, I'm not the best looking in the world. I don't go, to, I haven't been in the gym in 20 years. You're good looking. I told and you when you walked in yesterday from pickleball, you took your shirt off. I was just like, oh my God, I want to jump on him. So ultimately, <laughs> I just kind of was like, um, it's not about those things. I think a lot of men feel like if I can't afford her, and they look at her like, how am I going to get her? Like, I'm going to have to buy her shoes or buy her purses or buy her jewelry. I'm going to have to take her to the nicest restaurants. I'm going to have to take her out to the biggest parties. I'm going to have to take her on the biggest trips. Like, that's what all girls want. Um, and ultimately, if you go on dating apps, that's what it seems like girls want. And that's what they're asking for. And with Madison, it was just um, be here, show me your actions. And so I just kind of went into that mode of like, okay, what can I do? And it was mornings with the girls getting Kinsley out of her crib if she's crying or she's up and Riley's still sleeping and Madison still want to sleep some more just take her downstairs keep her quiet eventually I would get you know change her diaper get her her milk bring Riley her yogurt make Madison coffee every morning um, and like that little morning routine it's like so easy it's not that mm -hmm. difficult but it goes such a long way it does it's those little things where you have that person thinking about you and showing that they're thinking about you and putting your needs kind of first which is huge it's selflessness yeah and, and that's what you need to be in a relationship you can't be selfish in a relationship no and yeah and i think look i had my kids three days a week so i wasn't there as much as madison wanted me there i wasn't with her and the girls as much as she would have liked but i just tried to make it count when i was there mm -hmm. and then just the the little things to show her that i'm thinking about you was like okay it's not that hard to text her to say hey i'm thinking about you i love you yeah. how's your day going i miss you like not that difficult goes a really long way it so does. for all the men out there and you also call me you don't just text me he calls me throughout the day and he even like yesterday when i was with riley and she was taking a nap because the girls are sick he's like i he texts me he goes i would have called you but i know that you have riley next to you sleeping so i just wanted to text you it's god it's just like if more guys think about you like think like you do it's 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 easy it's, it's just yeah it's things. not i i don't i'm not speaking for all the men out there as to why they don't do it i think there's also a fear and that if they do do it that you know what is she gonna say is she gonna reciprocate but do you think it's also like a like a what's it like a stereotype like men feel like they can't be open and honest they feel like like with society you know yeah of course i feel like it's hard for men to open up, be vulnerable, um, show sensitivity, yeah. uh, show be how in much touch with their show how much they really love uh, someone. Um, because I, think I feel like you go, you get some of these guys that like they'll be like, you know, like for you, like let's say you were like helping me out, you're playing pickleball with me, yeah. and like all your guy friends are like, what are you thinking? Why are you doing a tournament with her? And it's like you. It's like hey, it's something that we love to do. It makes her happy. I have fun doing it with her, and it's. That's the thing is, is that if it was more approved, like also with society, I feel like more men would be in touch. Yeah, I, I just felt like actions. also, again, it's kind of reading the situation. I felt like Madison really, really, really was alone. Mm -hmm. So I was just going to, you know, just kind of put, shower her with attention, with love. Uh, her fear was constantly that I was just doing it for a week or I was just doing it for a month or I was just doing it for two months. And she would make comments like, are you always going to get the coffee? Are you always going to play with the girls in the morning? Are you always going to be here? Are you always going to be this good with my girls? Which was telling me in, instead of her saying like, hey, babe, 
I'm scared this isn't going to last forever or I'm scared that you're just doing this now. She would say the comments the other way, but I understood what she was saying. Yeah. It was her way of communicating. Yeah. And um and so I think that trying I think that's to- like your biggest fear though. Like that I think that's any woman's biggest fear is that what when you get out of a divorce and you never think that divorce is ever going to happen with your first marriage. Like we just we did, that doesn't cross our mind. But when it does happen, then you get really scared when you get into a new relationship. They're like wait, when is it going to end? When is this going to stop? Because it obviously stopped in your first marriage and you know it's possible. So I think that's what's really scary. It's like, when is it going to stop? And look, for all of you guys listening, like, I'm not stupid. Like, I'm going to have to deal with this with Madison for as long as we're together. I, I In 20 or 30 years, if we're still together, she's going to have a fear that it's going to stop. That I'm gonna, so do you. You've said that to me yeah. over and over again. It's like, are you always going to be this nice? Are you always going to love me yeah, this because much? Once Are you've you ever going to change? Yes. You always wondered if my attitude or personality was going to change. And I'm like, what you see right now is what you get. Like, this is what you're going to get. Exactly <laughs> right. And I think for all the men out there that I'm speaking to, they have the same concerns when they first start dating a girl. Like, she's really cool. Like, wait a second. Like, She's not this cool. She's going to turn into a bitch at some point. Like, she doesn't really like sports, does she? She's not really going to let me do X, Y, and Z. Like, what's going to happen later on? Mm -hmm. And so, and if you come from divorce, which we do, or you come from a long relationship you've gotten out of and it didn't work out, same concept, you have that fear of when's it going to turn? When are things going to change? And so I think the only way to kind of combat that is, you know, we'll talk about it later in the episode, is just how do you keep that relationship going um and and that's something that in the beginning i just like over indexed on the i'm just gonna show her i'm thinking about her as much as possible if she kicked me to the curb after all the stuff i tried to do with all the attention i was trying to give her all the stuff i was trying to do with her and the girls and she still was like look ross like you're great but you're just not the one for me like okay at least i tried right at least i put in the effort um and, you know, maybe she'll find someone that's a better fit for her. But at least I could say, like, I really put in the effort. Yeah. Instead, I fell madly in love with you. Let's go. <laughs> um, okay. So now I'm going to ask you a question. Okay. So when you were getting out there, mm-hmm. um, I think all of us, whether we admit it or not, we kind of have a checklist. Yeah of what we're looking for. So if you're single right now, or you're gonna be single here in the near future, your brain kind of has a checklist of what you're looking for. And your boxes, which is really funny. Can I just say this? Yeah. Remember when we talked about this in the video that where I introduced you to everyone mm-hmm. on my channel and your mom texts us back and she's like, funny thing is, is I actually had a checklist when I met your dad. Yeah. Shout out to my mom. Yeah. She is the person Mel. that would literally write down a checklist on a notepad yeah. and be like, if he doesn't have these, I'm not dating him. Yeah. Which it's not a bad strategy. It's smart. Like you should. Like you should really be aware of what you want and what you don't want so you don't settle. And it doesn't end <laughs> divorce. Like you should be really aware of like what you really want. Okay. So after divorce, you're, uh-huh. you're getting out there. Yeah. What was on your checklist? What was the most so important thing? So I think that when I got divorced, okay, I got my automatic ch- checklist. And then also when I started meeting guys, more got added to my checklist because it got me aware of like, oh, I really don't want this. I want this. So one of like my first things with um, a guy is he had to be a good dad. 
he had to be a really good dad because that was something I really wanted. And I wanted my girls to have a, because I knew that my girls were with me more. And I wanted someone that would be a really good father figure to them that they, I mean, they don't consistently have. So I wanted someone that would step into that role really well. And that's what you've done very, very well, babe. And I'm so grateful for it. Um, the second thing that I wanted was I wanted, I've really discovered like when I started meeting people, I wasn't really, it was in days. It was just like going out and meeting people that I wanted someone a little bit older than me. I didn't want the guys that I met that were my age. I just didn't feel like a connection with them. I needed someone who was more assertive. And I wanted, that's what I really wanted is I wanted someone who was assertive, who wasn't afraid to voice their opinion and who I felt safe with because I don't think I ever felt like that in my past one. And I wanted someone that protected me and made me feel safe and made me feel taken care of. I really wanted that because I just, I felt like I've been doing everything by myself for so long that I'm taking care of everyone else and no one's taking care of me. And that's something that I really, really wanted in a relationship. And then the other thing I'm all crying right now, but I think it's because I'm so tired. I'm just emotional. Um, another thing that I wanted was someone that made me a priority. Someone that was selfless and could make me a priority and think about me first and did all the initial, like one thing when we first started dating, did you know that I made you plan all the dates and everything? I wanted him. You did in the beginning or you still do? I still do. Okay. But it's like, I wanted that, per I wanted someone to, that took an initiative and did all these things. So I guess that's what I learned from my past relationship, what I really wanted. And someone who was very open about how they feel about me, that they love me and like would shout it from the rooftops. I wanted someone that could be affectionate and be communicative about how much they love me. That was another really big checklist. And then, you know, I wanted, if we want to get into the surface level stuff, I wanted someone who was taller than me. <laughs> and then I wanted someone who was cute. And then I wanted someone who had a good, stable career as well. Um, and that, yeah. So that way we could build with each other. I mean, like that was like another really big thing because, you know, being a single mom, I just didn't want to take care of another person. And so I wanted someone who also was established. So... Okay. Those are my things, babe. Good checklist. So yeah. I have a question as I'm listening. Okay. For all the women out there that are listening right now, I would assume many of them have a similar checklist. Oh, another thing I forgot to yeah. mention is, oh. sorry, is a big thing is what I had didn't have in my past one is, do they have a good family? Do they have good family relationships? That was huge because it was like craziness in my last one. And that was really important with me because with my family, I'm very close with my sister. I'm very close with my mom. I'm very close with my dad and my brother. And I wanted that same family dynamic that they came from because I knew that they would have that family dynamic with, with, you know, with their family. Okay. So that was huge for me too. Okay. So the women out there listening have a similar ish checklist. Mm -hmm. I'm listening to you and um, I'm thinking to myself like, okay, from the women's perspective, why don't women, when they start to date a guy, mm -hmm. and like not first date, but as they're starting to date and they're starting to kind of like just be monogamous with each other, why don't women just sit men down and be like, look, like here's my checklist, here's what I want, here's what I'm hoping you can give me, and just lay it out there. I think it's they're really scared to scare off the guy. <laughs> I think that's why. We don't want to just like 
because we're I, that's one thing is we're really scared that we're going to scare him off or be like if we just like come like right at you and be like we want this and this and this and this this he's gonna be like oh boy she's high maintenance like i guess that's what would go through my head is like that's what he would think but ultimately that's your checklist that's what you want it's better to just get it out there no and let let me as the guy know like hey like this is really what i'm looking for yeah and this is a guy i can be like all right look like i can't do that or i don't know how to do that mm-hmm. or maybe look I'm not exactly sure on some of those things, I think, but I will try. Well, okay. For me, I think another reason why I wouldn't like lay that all out on the line is because I would, like how I've always said, I don't want to be told that you can do these things. I want to be shown it. But if I and don't- I don't want to tell you no, that no, no. you can do things because could you, because if I did tell you to do these things, then could this be all an act to get me? Or, okay, fine. But what I'm saying is we need some more communication over here on the guy's side, yeah. which is- you know, you're saying, show me. Well, I need some idea of what you want to be shown. Mm-hmm. I don't read your mind. I know. So for the women out there, as much as you can, mm-hmm. please tell the guys, look, this is what are my checkboxes. This is, what this I'm is kind of what for. I'm looking for. This is what I'd love to see. And guys will listen and try. They might not do it perfect because I know I didn't. Yeah. But at least we'll try. Mm-hmm. And... um Hopefully you see that in the actions. And I think the other side to that is guys mm-hmm. have a checkbox. Yeah. Are what is your checkbox? We, are we man? allowed to tell you like what our checkbox is? Like yes. will women take that uh... and be like, can a woman say to a man, look, you obviously have a, uh, a checklist yeah. of things you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Would a woman be willing to receive that and say, what's your What's your checklist? Like, what are you looking for? Because I'd rather know now than later if I don't fit it. Yeah, that's true. And then if a woman, I feel like also a woman would be like, oh, if he went and did this whole check, but like I see being like too direct, like is that off-putting? It's so weird. It's, I don't know. It's weird. But at what point do you then have these conversations? Because if you're dating someone for six months I, I or a year, no, and then no, you're no. like, I really wanted a guy that would be able to do X, Y, and Z. That was on my checklist. I don't but- think it, I think you should have, I don't, I think this convert. I think what you should do is when you first start dating someone, you first start going on dates, kind of like keep it easy going, keep it like not so tense and not so much about that. Get a few dates in there. Yes, I agree. And then get comfortable, like, you know, like a month or two in, yeah. and then start really opening up to one another and being like, this is really what I'm looking for. But during those few dates, you know, like I kept my eye open. I was like, okay. Meaning you were looking at other men? No, oh. shut up. I kept my eye open to what you were at, what you were doing and how you were and what type of person you were that whole time. I was very I like, was doing the same to you. And I was being a CIA detective and I was... I was seeing how you were with family. I was seeing how you were with friends. I was seeing everything. I was seeing how you were with kids. I wasn't saying anything, but I was observing all of that. I was observing you as well. It's like men are observing the women just as much or not more. I want to see, are you a good mom? Are you a good daughter? Are you a good sister? Are you a good friend? Mm -hmm. I want to, what are you doing with work? I want to see everything. I have a question. When you got married, did you do this? Mm, I probably did, but not as like not to the extent. Not to the extent I didn't know. Didn't I didn't know. know to do it. Yeah. Like I wish I would have known. I wish yeah. someone would have. And that that kind of leads to. I wish the same thing. Like right. looking back, because I was so young. I was yeah. tw- I was twenty four when I got married. He was thirty. Um, but if she was twenty four and I was thirty, then 
we probably either had the same maturity. She was still more mature than me at that point. Yeah, well, they say women like, are much more mature than men. Yeah, that's very true. Um, but I was twenty four, and I think I was very naive to to a lot of things, and I there was a lot of red flags that I ignored. Um, and that I really should have looked at. And I think this is why it's really important that you guys, if you guys have teenagers right now, this might be a really good episode for them to listen to because these are such important things to really look at, to see what you want and to not make those same mistakes before getting into a marriage. Yeah, but I also think I'm trying to get it to like the communication part. Yeah. Just like your teenage checklist might be different than your college checklist, which might be different than your Mm -hmm. marriage checklist or post-divorce checklist. But ultimately we all have what we would like in a partner, what we're looking for, what we wouldn't, what, you know, based off our past relationships or, you know, where we are. My point is like, I think we need to start communicating those yeah. more. Um, and then that leads me to, we kind of have this checklist of things we want. What were the red flags that would have been out there that I would have had or any guy would have had? Like, what were the red flags for you that would have been like an automatic off the list, not dating? So what are the red flags? I've got a few. Like red flags with me is that he didn't take his career seriously and wasn't motivated to do more. That was huge. I want to see someone that has goals and is motivated to always do more and never settles. Um, I love that about a guy. I love hardworking. And then um, some other red flags is how is he, because I was only wanting to date people with kids. So how is he with his kids? Does he complain about his kids or having his kids? Is he more hands-on with his kids, less hands-on, like what is actually going on there. Um, So it was really big about how he treated his kids. If that would be a red flag, if he didn't treat them as well or wasn't trying to see them as much. And it was just like fine with just the bare minimum. Because then I'm like, okay, if he's fine with the bare minimum over there, he's going to be fine with the bare minimum over here. So that's what I really looked at. And then his relationship with his family and his friends, if he had really no friends, (laughs) Um, and had a bad relationship with his family where it was just like a lot of tense and stuff that I know that was going to come over to our relationship. So that was really important to me. And then also, is he fun? I think that was another thing. Like if like if he was all about the fun and not about the seriousness, that would be a red flag for me. But if he didn't know how to have fun, that was another thing. I was like, I'm not doing that because I love to still like when I get the time to have fun and like enjoy life and enjoy my, my youth. So that was another thing. So what about you, babe? Yeah, I think similar for me on red flags was uh, family, mm-hmm. friends, you know, really making sure that, um, you know, what was the relate? What was your relationship with your family? What was yeah. your relationship with your friends? I feel like the reason why family and friends relationships you marry were the family. so yeah, but no, like with friends, it's so important because the thing is that one thing I did not see with my past was the effort that they. The reason why you have good relationship with your friends and your family is because you put effort into it. And if they don't have good relationship with their friends and their family, don't have a lot of friends around them, that means they're not putting any effort into the relationships and it's all about them. So they're not going to put that effort into your relationship. So that's why it's so, that's why it was so important for me to see this because it's something I neglected to see for the first yeah. time around. I also think there's some respect thing there. Mm-hmm. Like, um, you know, like my cousins and I are all super close, but I'm super close with my aunts and uncles. And, um, you know, I had great grandparents. My grandma's still alive. 
And so seeing that like your grandma lives with your parents and then your mom takes care of your her mom, it's like that family is important because like you said, it's kind of leading by example. Yeah. And so it just shows like, hey, it's a respect for your elders. Mm-hmm. It's a respect for the people that took care of you. Mm-hmm. And so it's kind of been ingrained into you that like that's how it works. And that obviously is going to be passed down for my kids. Yeah. And then obviously seeing like how your parents are with their grandchildren. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, your dad spends a lot of time. And so it's like, yeah. okay, well. My dad's amazing with the girls. So you see that and you're like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. like that's something that's important to me. So family and friends, I, I think um, is super important that I wouldn't compromise on. Um, and then I should say the first thing would have been mother. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I have two kids. So like ultimately the number one thing I looked at was when you say if they're a good mother, what are what do you actually mean by that? Like how like what's your definition of a good mother and what's your definition of a bad mother? I think well in the good mother thing, I think a lot of it is um how much they're thinking about their kids and how prepared they are mm-hmm. and how organized they are like around their kids life so you can use the word advocacy mm-hmm. of like are they an advocate for their own children mm-hmm. um and ultimately i think a lot of it isn't it's that but a lot of it's just the preparedness like um always having their food always having their milk always having their clothes always having their school stuff ready being involved being all that and it just shows like wow, okay, she's like a really good mom mm-hmm. um, and that she's two, three steps ahead. And for me, that's kind of what I looked at. It was mm-hmm. like, okay, like how how organized is she around being a mom? Because shit happens. Yeah. And so, and we all make mistakes. Mm-hmm. And even though moms out there think they're perfect, they make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Medicine, that's how, I medicine. know. She's the perfect mom. No, um, I know I make mistakes. And so I, I think that's kind of it. I, I, and then I think language and kind of like, look, she was, Madison was a teacher. So like off the bat, I was like, great. Like she's going to be good with kids. She's going to take in classes on it. She's going to understand a lot of those things. And um, and then how you communicate with the kids. Um, and but and then how happy are the kids too? Like, I mean, I get to- What's their connection with the mom? And yeah, just get to see like how they interact and- um, uh, in conflict and with stress and then in happy times. And so um, I was concerned a little bit with the more Riley mm-hmm. um, just because of, you know, she's gone through this kind of weird situation mm-hmm. with um, having her dad travel all the time. And then he's in the house, but he's not in the house. So just kind of that and she's handled it great and you've handled it great. Yeah. And so I think with Riley, though, is because he was gone majority of her like from what she could remember. So it was nothing different for her. I think that's where it's been our biggest blessing in this divorce was because he was never around. And like when he was leaving (laughs) and he was still living at home and everything, she went to him one day with his bags in the living room right in front of the TV and was like, daddy, are you going home? And he was going on another work trip. And he pinned it against me because he's like, you put this in her head. I'm like, why would I put that into my child's head? Why would I want to put this into my child's head? I want things to be good, not bad for her. I go, what she did is I go, she's two years old. She relates to who wherever you are at is home the most. And she's relating to you being gone at the racetrack as home. Like that just was, that just was shown. So when he moved out, 
there was not much of a transition because she was already used to him. She, she, it kind of like, honestly, when she went to his house for the first time, it kind of gave her a better understanding. Like, oh, this is where you're going. Like, this is where you're at all the time. Um, we just say the racetrack, but like in her head, like she's so young. And that's why I think it was so easy. It was so easy. She transitioned so easily. And I think also when you came in, like she even says to me, like immediately, like when she gets home from daddy's house, she goes, where's Ross? Where's Ross? Is Ross coming over tonight? I want to see Ross. Where's She's also obsessed with Bo. And she's like, I want to FaceTime Bo. And so she just, she, she loves having him there because she sees that consistent family dynamic. And it's- And pissed. then I think the next thing on my list, red flag was attitude. You know, I think that, and this is for all of us. I think that we walk into a room or we show up at work or we show up, um, mm -hmm. you know, wherever we are and you either kind of like bring light to the room and the energy picks up and people are happier because you're in that room or you have a bad attitude. You kind of bring the added room down, the attitude down, darkness to the room, negativity to the room. And like, that was, a, that was a red flag for me and a non-negotiable. Mm -hmm. Like I needed to be with someone like, uh, you go through divorce and you have work and you've got all these things. I've had a million surgeries and just like all the stuff that goes on in life. Like you need, I needed personally, like I, I can admit it. Like I needed somebody that was going to be, uh, more of a, like a light. And like positive, and um, yeah, we have our hard days, and we haven't slept, obviously. But ultimately, it's like um, that attitude—you know, glasses half full, glasses half empty—kind um, of that positiveness. Like we'll get through it. For me, that was super important, and, yeah. and so for a red flag for me, we're kind of the friends and family, the mother, and then you know the attitude. And I think those kind of go back and forth: checklist and red flag. Yeah, definitely. All right, so we did the checklist, we did the red flags. Mm -hmm. I, I'm of the opinion, communicate them as early as possible with yeah. the person you're dating um, and you know, get those out of the way. All right, so next question is, when you're out there and you put yourself out there mm -hmm. and you start dating, yeah, you're dating, let's say, multiple people and then you decide, you know what, I really like him or her, I'm just gonna date one person. Yeah. And you're like, okay, we're dating. How do you go from like dating to now calling each other like boyfriend, girlfriend? I think it's like, first off, when you realize that you want to be in a relationship one, it's like, if you don't want to be with anyone else, like like the only person that you're thinking about is this one person. Like the only person I thought about was Ross. I thought about him the second I woke up in the morning, you see if I got a text message in the morning. I thought about him throughout the day. I thought about him at the end of the night and he was the only person I really wanted to put my time into. And I think that's what really allowed me to see like, oh, I want to be with him. I want us to be exclusive. I want it just to be us. What about for you? Like, cause you dated a lot more than I did. So what made you realize that I was it for you, that you wanted to be exclusive with me because you've dated a lot of other people? I think you make a great point. I think that once you get to the point where this is the person that you're thinking about, mm -hmm. this is the person you want to be with, this is the person you're waiting for text messages from, you're waiting for calls from, you're mm -hmm. excited to see them, that feeling of like, oh man, like I want to see her more. And I also think for us in a yeah. way, the fact that we were both have kids, mm -hmm. so like we couldn't see each other every day because we had yeah. other responsibilities, mm -hmm. that makes that next time I get to see you, kind of I'll see you in a day or two is like kind of exciting and kind yeah. of makes that beginning part fun. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. 
Um, and then when you go from like, okay, now she's my boyfriend, my girlfriend. How long does like the honeymoon period last? Like uh, now that you've gone from dating each other to now you we're calling each other. You didn't even know what the honeymoon period was when we started dating. You're like, what's the honeymoon period? I'm like, I even go- remember I Googled it and I read it to you. Yeah. That it can last for people. Basically what the honeymoon phase is, is when everything is bliss. There's no problems. There's no worries. You haven't really gone through anything with each other. It's just like everything is hunky-dory. You're on a honeymoon. Like it, That's what it is. Some people, it can last a couple weeks or a month or two. And then others, it can last even longer. They actually say it's better to get out of the honeymoon phase rather early in a relationship because it really allows you to see who this person really is and if you really connect with them. Because you actually like, you know, you start having communications, you start working out conflict with one another. And how long was our honeymoon? Our honeymoon phase, we kind of looked at it. What was it? Like about, it was a few months. We had about a few months, I feel like. I've, and do you think it goes slower because we weren't with each other every day? We weren't with day? each other every day. Yeah, I think that's why it went a lot slower. It went a lot slower with that. And then I think like, you know, once we started going through things with each other with a lot of just, you know, that didn't have to do with us, but on our, like, you know, our past, um, I think that is what really got us to realize like, okay, like we actually had to deal with some serious things with one another. Like we called it climbing the mountain and going over getting over hurdles and obstacles and stuff and how we got through it like we got through it great like nothing can stop us okay so how do you know when the honeymoon period is over like when like well yeah i knew it was over when i was like getting a lot more boisterous with you um and like if a little thing did bother me, then I'm going to let you know about it. Before. Got it. So during the honeymoon yeah, phase. The little things would, don't bother you during the honeymoon phase. But then once you're out of it, the little things can kind of be like yeah. wearing down on me. I get yeah. that. Yeah. I remember my dad said something to me like, so like, um, what are the things that, you know, you don't like about Madison or bother you about Madison? And like, before I could answer, he goes, whatever you're about to say, just know they ain't going to change. <laughs> I love your dad. <laughs> and I was like, ah, okay, that's what he means. You know, like yeah. in the honeymoon phase, you're like, nothing bothers you. She's so cool. She's so fun. Mm-hmm. She's so hot. She's so amazing. And then you're like, okay, when is all this going to end? When is she going to start bitching at me? When is she going to start telling me all this stuff that's bad about me, all the things I'm doing wrong? Uh-huh. After the, is the honeymoon phase, after the honeymoon phase, is that then when the sex goes down? I don't know. Does it? I, I guess it could. Yeah, yeah. I feel like then you get into routine and you. I feel like like once you're out of the honeymoon phase, you don't have um, sex. It's so hard for me to say intercourse. You know, <laughs> we call it sex. Yeah. I feel like you don't have sex that often, right? I don't know. It's I don't sex. know. Like, like that's what I don't know. I guess that would be it. Is after the honeymoon because it's so weird. Well, then we better still be in the honeymoon phase. Oh, yeah. We're, we're doing good. Okay. We're doing good. Um, all right. So you get through the honeymoon phase mm-hmm. and you're moving on in this relationship. Yeah. Your boyfriend, girlfriend, honeymoon phase is over. You're mm-hmm. like, okay, like we're a couple. We're, we're going to that next step. How do you keep the relationship going? How do you keep it fun? And is it the same kind of like if the honeymoon phase is two to four months, like in month six, month eight, month 12, is it the same to keep that going as it is in year six, year eight, year 12? 
Yeah. I mean, that is so hard. I feel like in different points of your relationship, there's going to be areas where you're going to have to put more effort into like, you know, put more effort into with me and then maybe put, there might be one area and we might have to put more effort to the kids. I think it just depends. I think what really keeps the love and the passion going and keeps a relationship strong and healthy is again, what I said earlier in the, in the podcast was, that you have to put effort into them and you have to find those times with them. Yeah, so you're big on date night. Like how many of you guys listening out there have a regular date night with your significant What did other? I tell you when we started dating? That I want regular date nights. Mm-hmm. I want nights, I, and I've said it to you and we haven't had one in a couple of weeks. I was like, babe, we need a date night. Yeah. We need to go dinner. We just, we need a date night. Yeah. I think for us, because we came out of the relationship, like one thing I said to you was it's going to be very easy mm-hmm. with me having my kids, you having your kids, you having your career, me having my career yeah. um, for us to go in separate directions. Mm-hmm. And so very early on, I said, we need to find hobby mm-hmm. that like sport, because she likes sports, I like sports, like whatever your hobbies are, you need to find hobbies to do together. Yeah. And um, if you guys are going through a relationship, you're getting older and things are changing, mm-hmm. your hobbies can change. Yeah. But I think it's really, really important for either the woman or man or both to kind of sacrifice or try something a little bit different, maybe out of the comfort zone, try things together. Because that hobby means you're going to spend time together. Yeah. And hopefully you guys find something that you guys like to do together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's super, super important. Yeah. Um, I With know- us, you found you found tennis and you got me a tennis racket for my birthday. Yeah, and then and we I, got into pickleball. Well, then he told me one day that he was playing pickleball and I was like, what's pickleball? I'm like, we've got courts over here at the uh, place that I'm a member at. And so I ordered a paddle off of Amazon for the fun of it. And I was like, let's go play pickleball. So we went into open play and I found that I loved it so much more. Nobody loves pickleball more than Madison, just so you guys know. (laughs) I love it. But what I love about it and why it's so good for us is because we're teammates in it. It teaches us, one, we've got to learn to communicate on the court. We have to learn to work together. You help me with my weaknesses. I help, you don't have any freaking weaknesses on there do you no you don't have any weaknesses on there (laughs) but you help you like your strengths really help my weaknesses and we work together which is why it's such a good thing for us to do yeah i think look ultimately um we met a lot of nice people um i've met people at my level so i can keep playing and get better and met a million nice people through pickleball she can play with people at her level then we can come together and play so just we did having, a tournament together we did a tournament so ultimately just i think having that hobby and something to do and then yeah. the one thing i said to you early early on i was like look like we need to find some projects something with work something that is going to have us working together in yeah. some facet. Mm-hmm. I didn't really care what it was. I didn't really care, you know, I didn't want to lose money doing it, but it wasn't like it was something I was like, we have to make a lot of money doing it. Yeah. I was like, look, we need this because if we don't do some project together or something working together, again, we're just going to go in separate directions. This mm-hmm. podcast is making us spend so much time together, yeah. work together. At nights in bed, we're talking about it. We're working on it together. On the weekends, we're working on it together. We did uh, 
our real what do you call that acting oh our little skit a little skit over the weekend he's a tiktoker uh, now let's and go instagrammer let's go content creator over here um he did so good at it by the way i got so many like dms or like um dms and comments or text messages saying like they were shocked with how good you're acting and everything let's go it. acting debut babe i love it because um, i was another people everyone knows they're like oh my gosh like the fact that he put so much effort into doing this with you and everything like he's a winner i'm like yeah so I think, again, I, I think for keeping it going for us yeah. and for other people out there mm -hmm. is if somehow you and your partner can do some kind of side little business together, hustle, have some type of, mm -hmm. you know, hobbies that they're doing together, just ultimately it's forcing us to spend time together. Yeah. And that's what's going to make for a healthy relationship. I think where the relationships go sideways is when the, everything gets really busy with work and kids and career and then guys want some guy time, girls want some girl time. And before you know it, the amount of time that the couple is spending together is, is just, less. Is and you've, you have, it's basically you create two separate lives and it shouldn't be that way. You should have one life together, not living two separate lives. And I think that's something that a lot of marriages tend to get into is they get into that co-parenting like roommate stage and they're living their own separate lives and you don't even know what's going on in their life and they don't even know what's going on in your life. Okay. And that's like a big, that's when you start noticing that and like, babe, I think we should really like help offer like this. These are some of the, the tips and tricks to help get out of that. Cause I, one thing that we have gotten a lot of comments about, we're like, what can you do to help a marriage or a relationship get better. And I think that these are some really important things that you can do to help the relationship get better is find a hobby together, make time for each other, make each other a priority. I think that is so important to keep the relationship going and make those date nights and make a freaking trip. Like, I have a, do something. I have a question. Yeah. So people listening to this, uh, a man listens to this and goes mm -hmm. to his wife mm -hmm. and she, he says, hey, I listened to this crazy podcast with these two people and they're talking about how uh, to keep a relationship going and to keep it healthy, mm -hmm. that we need to do X, Y, and Z. We need a date yeah. night. We need to find some hobbies together. We need to do more, spend more time together. Maybe mm -hmm. a side project that we can work on together. What if the person you go to is like, yeah, that sounds great in theory, but like, I just don't see how that's going to work. I don't have the time. That's a red flag. But what do you do? I like, is that relationship just never going to be happy? Like, is that doomed? Like, are they in trouble really, at that point? You're in trouble at that point. I to be like blatantly honest, you're in trouble at that point because that's where I was with my ex. Yeah. I went to him and I said, we need to make time for one another. Uh, my parents even offered to take the girls, even after Kinsey was like, I think two months old, take the girls for one night and us go to the condo in La Jolla and to find, and he didn't make time. He's like, I don't have time. I, I got to work. I don't have time. Okay. And that's like, that's, and I tried everything. So it's like, I don't know, babe, like what would you say in this situation? Because I tried it and it didn't work and I couldn't get out of it. And I ended up in divorce, but that's because he didn't uh, make yeah, it. Yeah. I, I think this is why we're doing the podcast is we, we want all of you guys that are currently in healthy relationships to not end up where we were. And yeah. I, I think it's just really important to sit down with your partner and just really have this conversation about mm -hmm. like, how much time are we spending together? Is there a way for us to figure out a way to spend more time together? Mm -hmm. What would you guys like to do compromising on? Okay, let's try this. Let's try that. Mm -hmm. I think date night, like you said, is super important. Um, try to find a way to, you know, find babysitters or some kind, even mm -hmm. if it's for a few hours. 
uh, and and really work on that relationship and keep it going. I, I think that that's kind of my, my biggest advice is, and kind of the whole point of today's podcast was kind of like starting with a new relationship mm-hmm. and getting over those fears to kind of what are you looking for, communicating those out. And I think the end of the podcast, it's really about communicating like, how are we going to be a team? How are we going to find time for each other individually? Yeah. How what, how much time do you want? How much time do I want? And are we happy? Yeah. Um, and, you know, for every you guys listening out there, I'm sure there's a lot of people who are in happy and healthy relationships. What do you guys do? Like put some stuff in the comments so other people have ideas. Um, what are you guys doing to find time do you have any tips and tricks to create more time for each other and then when you guys do have time what are you guys doing um and what hobbies or what activities or what things with work or what things with date nights what have you guys done that have found that have made your relationship much better i think that'd Um, be huge to share those because i think that would be helpful for a lot of people yeah yeah. so huge all right. Well, this was episode three. Mm-hmm. Uh, neither of us have slept, so yeah. hopefully we did okay. I know. Um, Today was rough, you guys. Like how we were saying earlier, like Kinsley was sick, and I was driving around in the car at three o'clock in the morning. So freaking tired. So, uh, yeah. Again, appreciate all the love and support. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. And we'll be back with another episode next Monday. Yes, and then hopefully we're... A little bit more awake for that one. (laughs) Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. (laughs) Thank Um, you. Give us your ideas. Give us your thoughts. All right. Love you. Bye.